Hey there, it's the brand therapist, Michelle B. Griffin, and welcome to your weekly personal brand therapy session. As a certified personal brand and PR strategist, speaker, and author, I'm here to empower you to put yourself out there so you can find clarity, build visibility, and grow your industry authority. I'm super excited you're here. Now let's get going with today's session. Welcome everybody to this week's session of Ask the Brand Therapist Personal Branding Talk Show. We all want to stand out, but let's see, there's now 8 billion people in the world and on LinkedIn, there's a billion people. So how do you stand out when you do a Google search and there's probably hundreds of thousands of you? My guest today is going to exactly tell us how to go from blending in to standing out and really soaring by the power of niching and positioning. So welcome to the show, Claire and Davis. Hey, Michelle, thank you so much for having me. You're one of my favorite people on this planet. And I have your book right over there. I should have grabbed it before we started oh. recording. After this is recording, we're gonna have to take a picture and put you on the global good wall of readers. But Oh, you're one of my favorites too. You're one of my OG members in my community back almost three years ago in 2021 where we hit it off. I've been on your podcast and today your story, I've written about it. I tell a lot of people about it as an example, the power of niche. Now, I don't even like to say the word niche, but that's the catch-all. I like to call it narrow lane. Tell us your story. You're proof positive of how to really position and differentiate yourself and attract those opportunities, and as you do for your clients, become the obvious choice. Where to begin? I think that part of building your business is to learn as you go. And my story is when I was young, I started in my family's recruiting business. And for anybody who is in or touching the medical sales or healthcare industry, we had a business helping pharmaceutical sales representatives get jobs. So we had a great recruiting agency and Michelle, I'm pretty sure as a young adult, I was the only person I knew who went to her first interview as a 13-year-old for the volunteer job at the city with the brand book. So I've been speaking the career conversation from when I was very young. In fact, I remember my mother, she owned the business. So my mom and dad and I all worked together in it. And I remember we'd go out to dinner and we'd be sitting at like P.F. Chang's or something and we'd be huddled at this little table and all the other little tables would be talking about, oh, summer plans or how did baseball go or what's going on at school and here we the mcvickers would be like huddled and saying oh did sarah did she close the interview yeah okay so but is she, which round is she on i guess all that is to say my early foundations have been in medical fields and recruiting and so i think when you have a piece of your life that is so steeped in one specific area it just becomes a bit of who you are. So fast forward to, I ended up going into the industry myself as a medical sales rep. And then I had my kids decided to step away, but had always been helping people with their resume and now their LinkedIn profiles and their interview prep all the time. It found me naturally because people would always be asking me to help them with their resume or like, I'm really nervous for this interview. And at first it was friends. And of course you help your friends, right? And then it was friends of friends, okay? And then it became friends of colleagues and colleagues of colleagues. And I was getting phone calls from people I had never met before. And my husband finally turned to me and he goes, can you just make this a business already? Yeah, like how long was that? 
from helping your friends to the friends of the friends, the six degrees of separation friends. (laughs) Probably about 10 years when we started the business in 2016. It was just that. It was one of those things where something you've done forever, something that comes easy to you, but not to everybody else. It, It just organically became a business unto itself, which was awesome. So all that is to say, I jump on LinkedIn and I think, okay, I guess I should tell more people about what we do because my friends are getting these great jobs from the interview prep and the resumes we're doing. The thing about helping your friends and your family and your colleagues and their friends is that you get all comers. So Mm -hmm. I'm helping people who are in the tech world and someone who's going to go in for a job at like a nonprofit selling office supplies. And then I would get some people from healthcare, but it was all over the place. So the business started building. But I wasn't really getting any traction. And that's where you and I, I think, started connecting Mm -hmm. in that phase because there was this really cool, like it was 2020. I remember this. It was like this really cool coming together of uh, early business owners. And we were helping Mm -hmm. each other. We were learning from each other. We started doing clubhouse rooms where I know you spoke for us a few times. And what was so neat about that was I was really introduced to the idea that Listen, like you said, there's 8 billion people on this earth. If I was handed 8 billion resumes to complete, could I do that? No. So why wouldn't I focus in on where I know I can get people the fastest results? Because could I write a resume for any industry under the sun? But yes, and we have, except for government. That's really kind of their their own thing. They've got their own rubric. But what I recognized was the clients and, and the friends and the family who were getting the fastest results, it was when their target was what I was extremely familiar with, which was healthcare. Mm-hmm. So that's when I decided to niche down. And I remember you and I having so many conversations about that. And it was really scary at first. Thing in the world. And it's yeah. it goes against intuition. Why would I cut off most of my business? And how could that help me? That is the number one roadblock I see and I hear. And then you and I both felt. And I remember when you told me you did it. And this was like early on. And then we checked in like six months later. And you were like, this is the best move I ever made. And I saw <laughs> you from afar. Not even, you know, because I know you, but I saw you just in the feeds, and then your banner would change with this, take this social, this being in the Wall Street Journal, or this and this. You got really rich in social currency, okay, because (laughs) you specialized. And that's why the power of niche, especially in, like, you wouldn't, do you call yourself a career coach? Or what is your search term? That's interesting you ask that. And I think I would say, I would consider myself a career consultant, because I'm not crazy about the word coach. I feel like there's a lot of coaching that is just merged with different levels of of credibility. But what people find when they work with me is that it really doesn't stop at, tell me your story, I'll write you a resume. It's also like, we're invested now. So many times it's, okay, now what are you going to do with this? Okay, well, let me connect you to my people. I know a guy who's in your space. I know a gal who just got hired there or left there. So there is quite a bit of coaching and consulting mm-hmm. that goes along with it. You need to borrow the term that I, I thought I had coined it, but it actually appeared on Google. But no one uses it much. It's called a coach consultant. It's half coach, half Ooh. consultant. Because I do that in my some of my work. I'll, I'll swoop in and give me that coaching, empowering. And then the consulting part, like you do, is some of the Apple work. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a hybrid model. So your story is so great. And we're here today because I know you're in the career resume space, which is really 
so important and such a need. But there's also a lot of people not always, you know, at the top of their game in personal mm-hmm. branding. People can just put up that label. And that's the thing. They yeah. start becoming a statistic <clears throat> in the search terms. Unless mm-hmm. you're out there building that brand, which is a whole nother thing. You are building your brand, doing a phenomenal job showing up. But this is what you're telling me, Michelle. I was in business 10 years and I got on LinkedIn getting out there, but I wasn't ironically getting traction, which is mm-hmm. of the name of your company, Traction Resume. So it's extremely important to get traction, right? This is such a case study. You're proof positive on why this is so important. You realized you weren't getting traction. What was the trigger, the breaking point? You were like, I can't do this anymore. What's got to give? How do I get myself to a higher level? Oh, such a great question. So The breaking point for me was somebody I admired, somebody who I really looked up to said, tell me what's going on in your business. And she had achieved really great success herself. And I was like, hey, can I ask you? I just would love your perspective. She goes, okay, so tell me what's going on. And she was listening to the effort that I was putting out. All these live rooms and all of the content we're creating and all of the free guides that I love to give and all the videos I love to send people so they can get unstuck. And she was then also looking at the sales I was making and the business I was bringing in. And she goes, you want to help people, right? I said, yeah. She goes, something's going to have to change because right now you're at hobby level. And she goes, if you want to stay at hobby level, you can. Or you want to make the impact that I think I know that you want to make. You owe it to yourself and you owe it to the people that you know you can get the best and fastest results to speak just to them. And it just resonated with me to my core. I get chills even thinking about it because Michelle, that's terrifying to think about. Oh no, now I'm only going to be marketing to this smaller pond. What about all this other business I was missing? It was interesting because what I would coach my clients on would be If you want to have a resume that sells you into the job you want, you want to skip the line, you want to stop being considered with the 400 other applications, you've got to speak specifically to what you can do for your target today. But I wasn't doing that in my business. Isn't it It, the irony? We tell our clients one thing, yet we neglect. I love that you say that because I say all the times one of my coined phrases, specificity. So it was like a no-brainer. Was it a no-brainer for you to do it? Or did she have to, your mentor say, (laughs) what about this? Like, how did that connect? Well, it was a no-brainer in the sense that I knew she was immediately right. And also I went kicking and screaming into compliance. I wasn't sure. I was so nervous because I thought, but if I cut out all this other opportunity for business, all of these other specialties that I could also serve. Am I just wasting away opportunity? And she said, listen, just give it a month. Give it a month. Focus on one target. She said, give it a month and give it a try and then tell me what you think. We'll reconnect in three weeks. And in three weeks, I changed all my marketing, changed my LinkedIn banner to say medical sales, resumes, and interview prep. And I changed the emails that I was sending out to people. I even invited people to unsubscribe to my emails. But I said, I'm only going to be talking specifically about the relevance and the insight I have for the healthcare industry. Feel free to unsubscribe. Michelle, this is like taking a machete to a lot of the stuff that I was great. And then I retooled all my marketing to be speaking about medical sales, healthcare, my story of getting through it, and all of those things. And... In three weeks, our business tripled. Are you, are you no. kidding me? 
Oh no, my goodness, I, that's huge that's, and that's fast. It was. Yeah. And you know what? As fun as that is, like it's so cool. It's so amazing to see your business grow, especially when you put in 12 plus, 12 plus hours a day to yeah. get it there. You're sacrificing some family time. You sacrifice, you, your kids are watching you burn the mid-eyed oil sometimes. But what was even better was my clients started getting faster results because now I was focusing so hard, so intently on one specific area that all the tools I had to give them were for them and not for anybody else. And so, you got better about the industry, what works, what doesn't, seeing results. Right. So you had a lot of data points to go by there too. So that's really yeah. smart. Shit's made all the difference in the world. It's interesting too, because there are so many different ways to niche down. Yeah, let's talk about that. Because I wrote today in my post about seven or eight ways. Because people mm -hmm. just think, oh, demographic was the old school. Then psychographics came into the mix. But there's so many different ways. And I list them because I don't want people to feel like I have to pick X, Y, Z. And it's and also, too, a lot of internal about you. You made sense. It was a no-brainer for medical. But you also kind of had to like it. Because it, no matter what, if you were spending all those years and you actually hated it, that wouldn't have served you well. So let's talk about the ways that I want to hear your input because this entire episode is how to help people really niche down, narrow lane themselves so that they can seek and be a faster magnet to those opportunities they're looking for. I think when you're really locked in on your target, things seem to flow. Call it, call it what you will. Call it manifesting. Call it just super deep focus, whatever term. For me, there are multiple ways to niche down. And it depends on what kind of skill and what kind of expertise you really are bringing to the field. I remember when I was speaking with that friend about you need to really focus in on your target, Claire, of medical sales. It wasn't just just medical sales. For people who want this off their plate, they don't have time to fool around for 12 hours on their resume like we do for them on their resume because they're leading teams, they're commercializing, they're launching products, they're training, they're right-sizing, they're doing all kinds of stuff that doesn't give them an opportunity to really take a minute and flesh out their story and find through lines and draw parallels and like really systematize their success. They don't have time to do that. But that's where my best client, that's where my most of my success stories came from. And so I was like, those are the people I want to serve. And it, it didn't have as much to do with demographic as it did with situational challenges. So if someone is coming to me like today, I actually thought of you yesterday, not just because of this and I was excited to be on here, but because when you and I talked two years ago about this, I would get like a handful of inbound messages from people all over the map on LinkedIn. And when I pivoted, I started to notice that two of those five would be healthcare executives. Mm, and then three of those fives would be maybe healthcare executives and a ref. Yesterday, I got 26 inbound connection requests only from medical sales professionals and executives. And that's who I can help the most. So, so the different ways I've found that niching down made sense to me was not this age, this title, but the real challenge are people come to me when the resume is not working and they've applied ad nauseum to mm -hmm. hundreds of applications and they're about to give up. People call me when that happens. 
People call me also when they haven't had to write a resume in 25 years. I can almost guess what's at the top of that resume. It usually starts with, I'm a such and such executive with 25 years of experience. It's more like the problem, the situation, the roadblock. And I have to say your story, when you had to go back and rewrite the story and flush it to how it makes sense, your story resonates. So it's a story, a problem, a roadblock. And also, not only does she do do this, but she's been in the business. She had a family business. Mm -hmm. She got laid off five times. She gets us. And in this real deep relationship type business where they're burying their soul to you, this is their livelihood at stake. That is very huge to find a real connection point. And building your personal brand is an amazing thing. And that's a whole topic for another conversation because you are amazing at that. But this is just the part of who am I here to serve? Who am I here to support, Mm -hmm. solve problems for? Because even in your niche down now of medical sales, healthcare, that's still really broad. Mm -hmm. So you have healthcare and it's really almost like medical sales. I mean, does that include pharmaceutical too? Even the little nugget of medical sales would probably be enough business for a lifetime for you. It's a tight knit community. It's one of those that feels small because everybody knows everybody. which turns out to be a great thing when you're a great resume writer for those specific people. Let's fast forward now. It'll be two years this January, I believe, that you flipped the switch. I know at some point, because I was on your medical sales leader podcast, so you got really clear on that. That's attracting a lot of people. Let's talk about the power of niche, how you did it, you found it. But let's talk about not just getting clients, Claire, now. You are so well-positioned and so niched Mm. in this industry and you, we haven't talked about this, but you probably are doing it. But now you're in line to these conferences, these podcasts, these media mentions, your PR and your publicity and all that is now so honed in that you are the go-to be quoted in this and that. So not only are you attracting clients, but you're attracting this, what I call your propel stage, where you're getting that mention. So can you speak to that and how that's helped you in that area as well? First of all, that's very kind of you to say. And it's such an honor when people feel like they are able to learn from my story and from the success of our clients and own that and want to talk about it and want to share it. Because I think that the more we're able to do that, the more we're able to share ideas that are specifically relevant, not just advice for the masses, but information that specifically applies to your situation. I think that's where real momentum shifts can occur. It's it's an honor to really be mentioned by any of these groups. We've been so blessed to be in Wall Street Journal, Forbes, and a couple others. And I think that this phase has been really interesting because part of my marketing degree is in my ear saying, okay, lean into what your brand is now supposed to be. Like, is your brand supposed to be something specific? Do you need these five specific pillars that you only talk about? You get advice kind of from everywhere. What I've found is that The truth is, when it comes to publicity, you already have a way or a system that you Mm -hmm. go about getting results for people. So stick with that. But then also not to be afraid to let people really get to know you. I'm always surprised about the things that people will pick up on and send me a message and we'll laugh over. Recently, I mentioned that I used to be on a traveling jump rope team. And my comments went wild. And it wasn't even the focus of something I had written about. But I think it's such an interesting age where we are getting to know real friends like you and I through a screen. Oh, you're in Florida and I'm in Washington. So I think the little ways that we're able to get to know each other when it comes to that propel phase and Mm -hmm. the, the little tidbits that help people gravitate to you because they like you and they find you interesting and endearing. They can connect with something about you 
even supersede some of the career expertise or some of the expertise that we're teaching and sharing, because there are lots of career codes out there, really good ones, and lots of really great resume writers out there. And I'm the first one to sing their praises, and I'm still blown over by how many people will send me a message and say, hey, I've been looking around, but when I saw what you're putting out online, when I watched your video, when I got the video you sent to my email, I wanted to work with you because I felt like we, I felt like I knew you. You are doing a phenomenal job. So your niche is solid, but you have always done a great job doing your personal brand. I've given you props in the DMs. I'm like, Claire, you are a master at those videos. (laughs) And you have a way, I don't know if you have a certain day of the week, you're very empowering. Sometimes you'll put out messages that apply to a lot of people that just draw it in so that you have a real gift of that for sure. So as we close out today, I always like to have an actionable tip. What's your number one tip to go and do something? And people are like, Michelle, I'm too broad. I'm all over the place. I'm scared to niche or I want a niche. What's your next step for them? I would say to grab a pen and paper and to write down one very specific problem that doesn't bother you, but drives other people crazy. For me, it's writing a resume that sells you on paper, which is very different than many other ways that resume writing is taught. But it drives most people nuts to work on their resume. You know, they're banging their head against the wall. We're too close to our own story. We're not sure how to develop metrics, all of those things. Or we don't have time. I would say write down what problem there is that you know how to solve or what challenges you like to approach and just tackle them. And it's not a big deal for you, but it drives other people crazy. That's the kind of niching that has worked for me. I would love to hear if it works for anybody else because for us, it's made all the difference. And for those people who have that kind of problem, they need a hand, they need help getting through it. We hope that we're their first call. We've positioned ourselves as that kind of problem solver. Uh, You're mentioning some of my favorite P words, powerfully positioning yourself. And when in doubt, if we list all the ways to niche, go with the problem. Mm -hmm. Find the problem and one problem to one audience and just go to town on it, much like you did. Claire, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your case study, your success story. (laughs) We couldn't be happier for you. You're truly just one of the good, genuine people. Not that there are a lot, but just someone I have connected with almost three or four years now. And I feel like we know each other half a country away. All right, everybody. That's it for today's personal brand therapy session. Keep putting yourself out there. You have a brand to build, a message to share, and people to impact. I'll catch you next week. Take care. That's a wrap for today's brand therapy session. Are you ready to get visible and build your personal brand? Then head on over to thebrandtherapist.io and grab my free resources to get unstuck and get going today. And until next time, thanks for listening.